0: today's episode is brought to us by wednesdays on locked on nba it's small market meets big market wednesdays on locked on nba join jake madison of the locked on pelicans podcast and john corrales of locked on celtics for a look at the nba week from all angles you can follow the locked on nba podcast today on youtube or wherever you listen to podcasts happy wednesday everybody happy hump day all kinds of ben simmons news came down on tuesday i want to talk all about that on today's show The Timberwolves, at first there was a Sham report at The Athletic, then Ben Simmons himself. um, I guess this was actually a report uh, put out there by Keith Pompey uh, from the Philadelphia Inquirer and of course, host of our own locked on Sixers podcast, had a report from Ben Simmons camp, um, that, you know, indirectly involves the Timberwolves in a sense. So I want to talk through that and, and then, um, you know, get into some of the Western conference offseason grades and, and things of that nature. So first let's start with the Ben Simmons thing. Oh, I should mention, um, this show is on YouTube. This is the second episode ever on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to this on your favorite podcasting platform, fantastic. Don't stop. But when you're done, uh, go back and listen to it again and watch it on YouTube. Uh, this is, again, the second episode we're doing on YouTube, and every single episode moving forward will be on YouTube as well as Apple, uh, you know, Google, Spotify, any other platform you'd love to listen to podcasts, of course, the all-new Odyssey app as well. Um, you can also follow the show on Twitter, at Wolves. don't forget the T, and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, let's talk about Simmons. So first, Let's talk about the report from Keith Pompey. This is a little bit out of order from when you know, how this actually went down on Tuesday, um, all really Tuesday afternoon. But Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer, he's also again the host of Lockdown Sixers, reported that uh, last week Ben Simmons met with basically the front office in, in Philadelphia, or I think the meeting was actually in Los Angeles, but the the Sixers front office, including team, uh, team ownership, uh, Daryl Morey, Elton Brand is of course still the GM there as well as head coach Doc Rivers and said, he doesn't want to report to the team. He doesn't plan on reporting to training camp in, uh, you know, just a handful of weeks, I think really just four weeks from now, um, which we kind of knew all along, but for him to sit there and tell them that face to face is significant uh, that's, that, that seems to be it, right? There isn't this, it's, there's not going to be a, it sh- certainly doesn't seem there's going to be a Jimmy Butler ask situation from, what was that three years ago when Jimmy shows up, you know, does the training camp thing, the infamous practice, the Rachel Nichols interview, the whole thing. It, it's not necessarily Ben Simmons style. I don't think either compared to Jimmy Butler, but it doesn't sound like we're going to get that, uh, you know, Ben is just saying, this is it. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing the Jimmy Butler thing. And of course, I mean, of any of the front office leaders in the league, Daryl Morey is going to be the one guy who's going to stare down the situation and say, hey, look, I'm not caving. I'm asking for seven first rounders, you know, those insane offers that were leaked just prior to the NBA draft a few weeks ago. Uh, He's not going to back down from this. Um, Now, the rest of the league's banking on that happening eventually. So is Ben Simmons. He doesn't really want to sit out weeks, months, or even, you know, God forbid, an entire season. Um so that's the report which of course then got everybody thinking this is going to happen sooner rather than later it's got to happen um you know the rest of the report was basically the sixers haven't found a suitable solution certainly a one-for-one one, or not a one-for-one one, but a, a two-team trade versus a three-team trade that's not all that surprising um you know we knew all that so the other report that came out a little bit before this was Sham strani of the athletic had an article. It was kind of a, a almost a, a link dump type type article with a number of different uh, rumors, not just related to Ben Simmons. But um, his report was essentially: this is over at the Athletic, so you need a subscription to view the article. Uh, but he talks about how the Sixers are are telling everyone around the league that they're totally fine starting the season with Simmons on the roster. Again, this was reported right before the Pompeii report at the Philadelphia Inquirer that Simmons will not. Come will not report to training camp, which of course further saps the leverage away from Philadelphia. Um, but Chirania says it's a matter of if not when, or excuse me, when, not if Simmons is traded. Um, it, but that's really kind of all the information. The, the The biggest thing though, and this is where this is directly related to the Timberwolves is Sham Shania says the Sixers have spoken with quote, several teams about Ben Simmons, but only the Wolves and Raptors are mentioned by name in the article. Uh, as as the most persistent teams, the teams that have tried the hardest to land Ben Simmons and have consistently been in touch with Philadelphia's front office. Uh, of course, you know, I've talked about this before on the show, but Gerson Rosas worked for Daryl Morey in Houston for 17 years. There's a close relationship there. I mean, that's certainly not why a trade will get done. But it's fair to assume that that relationship... Is, is a good way to grease the wheels for a trade to be done. Uh, also, yeah, the Raptors, I guess, if they're going to deal directly with the Sixers, may have more to offer. But the Wolves, um, you know, I, I think that the Wolves are still a more likely trade suitor for the Raptors. I think as long as you can get a third team roped in it, and Shams says this in his article, if the Wolves can get a third, well, really, almost any team at this point that's dealing with Philadelphia, unless Portland caves and decides to trade Damian Lillard, there's going to need to be a third team involved. And I've talked about that at length early on. I was hoping it could be a sign-in trade. Maybe it was between ter- Toronto, Philly, and, and Minnesota. That was my hope. Maybe Kyle Lowry would have ended up in Philadelphia. That obviously didn't happen. Kyle Lowry's in Miami. And, uh, you know, that, that's not happening. I, I've talked about this a few weeks ago. The idea of a Minnesota-Portland-Philadelphia three-team trade is really attractive to me. Maybe is pretty far-fetched. I don't think Portland's just going to decide to straight-up rebuild. but But if they did... Lillard going to Philadelphia, Ben Sims coming to Minnesota and Portland getting a combination of picks and young players. Um, and, and even, you know, Philadelphia could get even more pieces. Maybe Phil even gets uh, a Malik Beasley from Minnesota. And maybe that, you know, I, I mean, who knows what that what that could look like? There's a couple different iterations of it. But that's the way that the Wolves would end up with a Ben Simmons. Um, so what I want to do next is I want to talk about what this rumor means exactly for the Timberwolves. does it mean anything. What are the next steps here? And then I want to, I want to get into the, the Western conference. Uh, there's been a couple of additional articles coming out off season grades for the Timberwolves. And, and I have um, I have some bones to pick with, with the way that these rankings have been done. Or these grades have been done depending on the article you read. Um, and I talked about this a little bit in the past, but there's been some new stuff out there. And so I want to go through those. It really kind of through the national lens, has the off season been as bad as, as I I guess the national lens would tell us that it has been. Um, so I want to get to all that next. First of all, let's talk about our new friends at, at sweat block. Hey guys, there's a few things in life that just are not fun to talk about. And one of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's absolutely embarrassing. Some of you may know i have personally dealt with this. I've talked about it before on the show, whether it's public speaking, um, you know, an important speech of any kind, and interview uh, live podcasts, I guess, now as well. Um, in the moment, it feels like a big deal. Certainly, there's much worse problems in the world. Nobody likes to pit out during these important moments. And that's why I've begun to use Sweat Block Antiperspirant Wipe. Sweat Block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime. Go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. I know this sounds too good to be true, but I literally only have to use Sweat Block once a week maybe twice a week at max. It keeps you dry the entire time. No more pitting out, no more picking your shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. Sweat Block is doctor created and doctor recommended. It can work for up to seven days per use and comes with a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweat Block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's been featured and tested on the Rachel Ratio by firefighters. It's been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, over 13,000 reviews. You can wear whatever you want to wear so, your little secret to confidence this is a must have for everyone's toiletry bag, whether it's a big presentation, a hot date, an interview, public speaking, whatever it is, everyone can benefit. If you or someone you love is dealing with this issue, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code Locked On. You can also pick it up at Amazon or CBS. But again, sweatblock.com, promo code Locked On, you get 20% off today. Sweatblock.com, promo code Locked On for 20% off. Let's also talk about direct TV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called direct TV stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together. Like never before, you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device, ever again the best part there's no annual contract get rid of the clutter and the confusion get your tv together with Directv stream you can learn more at directtv.com directtv.com again Directv stream is the way to go compatible device required and content varies by package okay uh let's go ahead and and talk a little bit more about this ben simmons thing so um the first well actually um Let's let's also talk about this. So there's some odds out there related to Ben Simmons um, being traded and what's he will end up with next. Our great friends at BetOnline don't have these odds up yet, but there's some other bookies out there, some other um, some other odds makers, I should say, that have sports books and odds makers that have odds out there. Um, depending on which site you're looking at. Uh, The the favorite right now is the Sacramento Kings. Now, this is before the Shams report and all this stuff today. I I don't know that him just simply mentioning the Timberwolves and Raptors as two teams that are most persistent is going to shift this much. But the Kings are listed as the favorites at plus 275 on one particular site to land Ben Simmons, to to be Ben Simmons' next team, um, assuming it's not the Sixers, plus 275. The Timberwolves are second on that list at plus 400. And the next best is the Golden State Warriors at plus 550, and then it goes all the way down to Portland at plus 900, the Spurs at plus 1200, and the Wizards at plus 1900. I guess uh, the speculation there is if that would happen, maybe there's a Bradley Beal trade or something. I, I I don't know how the Wizards would get him without trading Bradley Beal, but at any rate, plus 1900, doesn't matter. Um, so the moral of the story there is the Wolves have the second best odds. Um, and, and that makes sense, right? I mean, I mean the Wolves have been It's well documented they've been after Ben Simmons for months now. They also, even though they may not have the assets to get it done themselves, they've got, if they choose to pull the trigger, they've got all their future picks. They've actually got three second rounders. Not that second rounders are going to get this done, but they've got three second rounders in 2022. All their future first round picks upcoming at this point. Um, The Wolves have Malik Beasley, who's valuable for the next couple of years on his contract um, and and still has some upside. They've obviously got Jaden McDaniels if a team is if they're going to do this, the Wolves are going to have to be willing to part with Jaden McDaniels. If they can acquire Ben Simmons without training Jaden McDaniels or D'Angelo Russell, first of all, they would have done it already. Second of all, it would be an absolute coup. Uh, and obviously not Anthony Edwards or Carl Anthony Towns. If you can keep your four best players or four players to the most upside and can get this thing done with, you know, I, I'm sure at that point you have to include a, a Patrick Beverly along with, uh, you know, a Malik Beasley or or something like that. But if the Wolves can keep D'Angelo Russell, I think I misspoke a second ago. If they can keep D'Angelo Russell and, um, and uh, Jaden McDaniels and get this thing done, that would be phenomenal and unexpected. And again, I think it's really unlikely. I think you're going to have to give up one of those guys. And my contention all along is that Daryl Morey doesn't want max contract D'Angelo Russell. Now the other side of it is he'd be a great fit with Joel Embiid and he's only got two years left on his deal. So it's not like you're stuck with him for the next four or five years. It's not the Chris Paul contract or the perceived Chris Paul contract from a couple of years ago or, or some of these other contracts that are out there. So I, 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 I don't think this, I still don't think this can get done without a third team, but I also understand why the wolves had the second best odds. I'm not really sure why the Kings have the best odds. Uh, they would definitely need another team to get this done. I, you know, I, I don't think they've got the horses to get this trade done. By themselves. Um, And we know that Ben Simmons would like to be in California. That's been out there quite a bit, which is also why Golden State is is has the third best odds or and obviously they've also got assets, right? They can trade a James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins, plenty of picks, all that stuff. Uh, If they if they end up getting a trade done, they've, they've got the assets to do it. But I think the Wolves are going to need a third team to get involved, so this rumor doesn't really do much. I, you know, I feel maybe a little bit better sitting here today, going into Wednesday, September first. As crazy as that is, I feel a little better about the Wolves' odds to land Ben Simmons or chances to land Ben Simmons after the Tuesday reporting from Shams listing them as one of the two teams that's been most persistent. Again, we knew this, but it's nice to hear that it's still a thing, right? Um, and then also the report where Simmons, the Pompey report. Uh, where Simmons just said, hey, I'm not reporting to training camp, that erodes any leverage, what little leverage that Daryl Moore and the Sixers had is starting to starting to go away. Um, and that matters. Uh, you know, that, that that sort of a report legitimately matters to, a, as part of this process. So I feel a little bit better about the Wolves' chances of landing Ben Simmons after all the reporting from Tuesday. I don't know that anything's really changed outside of the, you know, obviously, the fact that Simmons has apparently now vocalized to leadership with Philadelphia, that he's not reporting to training camp, which is a little bit different than I'll report and not be happy about it. If he straight up is a holdout. I mean, now we're into virtually uncharted territory in the NBA. We don't, we don't get this very often. You know, it happens more frequently in the NFL. Right. Um, So I think that that's kind of where we sit now. Um, And I, I've said this all along, the wolves are going to need a third team to get it done. I still think there's a really good chance. Well, It's obviously more likely that the Wolves don't get Ben Simmons. But if Simmons is traded, the Wolves are still one of the top two, three options uh, for where he'll end up. And if I'm the Timberwolves, I would give up anybody short of Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Townsend a deal for Ben Simmons. I'd love to try and do it without trading D'Angelo Russell because I think the fit between Russell and Simmons would be fantastic. Um, I would also love to do it without giving up Malik Beasley, but you trade Beasley if you need to. I would love to get done without trading Jade McDaniels. That's, that's probably the biggest one. Um, and I think the wolves are in that same boat, which is also why this hasn't been done yet. Um, so obviously keeping an eye on this, something could happen quickly now that this report's out there too. I mean, Maury, he's not going to get more later than what he's asking for now. Right. And if Simmons has already said he's not showing up now, this report is out there, this thing could happen quick. Um, I, I as much as I, I've already said that Maury's the kind of guy he's not just going to straight up he's not just going to back down because because Simmons and his agent want him to, um, but but it could happen more quickly now. Oh, one other thing that happened Tuesday was there's a report I forget who it was. I'll see if I can find it quick. Um, that the that the Sixers want to include Tyrese Maxey in any deal. Um, or that Tyrese Maxey, his agent, wants him to be included in any deal, in any Simmons deal. Um, There's some reporting, let me find who it is real quick, but basically, uh, here we go. Um, This is Jason Dumas of Bleacher Report, says there's a, quote, high chance that Tyrese Maxey would be included in any deal. Rich Paul of Clutch Sports represents both Simmons and Maxey, and Dumas says that Paul would like to have both clients traded, He's uh, Philadelphia based organizations interested in partnering with Maxi and community events were told to cancel those plans because Rich Paul, his agent, does not want Maxi, who, of course, was just a first round pick last year, just last November, less than a calendar year ago, does not want him to put down further roots in Philadelphia once him traded. Now, the Sixers, of course, are going to say, hey, you know, we don't need to do that. He was really good as a rookie was it was a big part of, of what they did, you know, coming off the bench for them. I mean, does this increase the chances of a, and this is, this is pure speculation, but could it increase the chances of a Timberwolves, Portland Trailblazers, Philadelphia three-way trade? Because there's your young piece that Portland gets back. Does Maxie go to Portland? Uh, Damian Lillard goes to Philadelphia. Ben Simmons comes to Minnesota. Malik Beasley goes to Philly and maybe somebody else goes to Portland. Portland gets a couple of picks, at least two picks. Um, Maybe everybody's happy there. I mean, the, the Blazers wouldn't immediately tank necessarily because Maxi's a pretty good player and and they would hope for him to be a long term starter for them. And I don't think the Blazers want to tank. I think they want to rebuild on the fly. Um, but that could be the young, exciting piece that the Blazers could get out of a deal like this. And then everybody's happy. The Sixers, you know, they get their superstar and Lillard, Lillard, the Timberwolves get their defensive superstar and Ben Simmons. Um. Keep an eye on that as a possibility. I just feel like that makes too much sense, and uh, I'll I'll pull a clip from this podcast or from this episode and play it back if that does happen. Again, speculation, uh, but I think it's fair speculation given the fact that the Simmons Lillard team is is has you know uh, Maury wants Lillard. That's been out there for a while. The idea that there needs to be a third team, but the Timberwolves are going to get Simmons. Um, could that be the way that this thing goes down? Okay. Uh, I want to finish the show by talking about some of this Western Conference you know, offseason grades, offseason rankings among Western Conference teams. I, I talked a little bit about this. I think it was Friday's episode um, in, in regards to ESPN's offseason power rankings. But there's and also David Aldridge at the Athletic had some grades, offseason grades out there. So we'll talk about those briefly. But there is a new ESPN uh, piece that was out with offseason grades from Kevin Pelton, who does a great job. And then also Zach Harper at the Athletic had hit off his offseason. Uh, or I did a a piece just on the Timberwolves related to the off season. So I want to talk about what I agree with, what I don't. Um, I think that'll be, uh, uh, I'll have a take. Let's just put it that way here in just a second. First of all, let's talk about our great friends at Built Bar. I've been talking about Built Bar now for two years, uh, probably two years. Um, Best tasting protein bar you're ever going to have. If you don't, and honestly, I didn't really eat protein bars much before Built Bar. You know, my wife was into them, uh, you know, so I tried some here and there. They don't, generally taste good built bar or excuse me protein bars in general built bars are phenomenal Uh, they don't even taste like protein bars they taste more like candy bars than anything else there's nine staple flavors that are delicious Uh, coconut um, is is fantastic salted caramel cookies and cream mint brownie really any any of the flavors with caramel any of the any of the flavors period Um, you can also get a mix box you'll get two of each of the nine flavors Uh, included in the mix box if you're not sure which flavor to get. you Check out the macros. They're all super healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from just 130 to 180 calories per bar. Just 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Built Bar is also the official protein of the U.S. track and field team. You go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Uh, Now that we're headed into football season two, let's talk about betonline.ag. It's that time of year again. All eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus, be sure to take advantage of their opening day. Super promo make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, uh, season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Again, for that uh, opening day promo for the NFL, that's code NFL100. You'll get your wager refunded up to $25 if you lose your opening night bet between the Bucks and Cowboys. Again, BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right. Uh, Let's talk about these offseason rankings, I guess. I talked about this a little bit last week. ESPN had the Timberwolves, their they're just overall power rankings, post-free agency, post-draft, had the Timberwolves 25 out of 30. I talked about why I thought that was too low. It's ridiculous. They're behind Sacramento. You could argue to have them ahead of the Spurs, even the Pelicans, uh, a few other teams on, on there in the power rankings. Whatever. Talked about that. David Aldridge had, and obviously David Aldridge is fantastic, well-respected at the Athletic. He had the Wolves offseason ranked number 30 in his piece. I think this was actually from a couple weeks ago. And, you know, I get it. They haven't done much this offseason. They didn't have a draft pick. I understand why they'd rank low. Uh, But I also think it just kind of ignores the context. They didn't have a pick coming into the offseason. So, like, how were they? I think it would have been worse had the Wolves overpaid to get into this year's draft, you know, like giving up a future asset or a current player just to get a pick to say they had a pick. They probably would have ranked higher on a list like that. But would it be the right move? No, it wouldn't have been smart. So, I think it's a little weird to penalize them entirely uh, for, for just kind of staying the course. And I understand that sounds crazy for a team that finished with the fifth worst record and hasn't been in the playoffs been in the playoffs once in 20 years. I understand how that sounds, but remember I'll say it again. I've said it a million times. Towns barely played last year. Russell missed more than half the season. Beasley missed more than half the season. Anthony Edwards wasn't a starter and, you know, for the first third of the season and didn't play that much uh, you know, with, with, uh, um, with the rest of the starters and, and, you know, the main lineup as the season went on. Um, you know, he did towards the end of the season when the team was much better. We know that. Um, so I I think it's important to note all those things and, and it's a little unfair to penalize them for, for all, for all those reasons. Right. Um, now a couple of other things have come out. One was ESPN's off season rankings. This is or off-season grades, excuse me, for the Western Conference. This is Kevin Pelton, who's fantastic. Of course, at ESPN, he's kind of the analytics guy. He uses advanced metrics uh, the most of any of their online writers. Um, He's a senior writer at ESPN. And he just assigned letter grades, which is maybe a better way to do this because uh, it's a little bit more like grading on a curve in in some ways, right? Um, And he does that here. So he grades everybody in the West. Uh, This is an ESPN Insider, ESPN Plus article. And I'll just cut to it. He's got the Timberwolves as a C plus, which I thought was honestly, I honestly think that's a little low. I know that they haven't done much, but again, were they ever going to do much short of trading for Ben Simmons or Bradley Beal or Miles Turner? They weren't right. And I said this, go back and listen to any podcast I did in May, June, July. I had a couple where I dedicated to like, what could this off look like? And my, my prediction was it's a lot or it's basically nothing. And honestly, the fact they've actually pulled off two trades, relatively minor trades, it was surprising it has been surprising to me. I didn't think they'd even do that. Um, I thought they would hang on to their chips and and you know, that's why the Rubio trade was so surprising on draft night, draft day, because I thought they'd hang on to Rubio, trade him at the deadline, whatever. But uh, they started making some moves this offseason. So in a sense, I was wrong in that they've done a couple of middling things, but they were never gonna do. They were never gonna be super active. They weren't gonna have cap space. They didn't have a lot of tradable assets. So Pelton gives the Timberwolves a C plus. Um, he says they signed no free agents to full NBA contracts. Did not add a player in the draft. Uh, and then says it lists their two moves of note. He says their big addition will be a full season for Chris Finch. And he says a little more urgency to upgrade the edges of the roster might have been useful. Fine, that's fair. Yeah. Although I I would argue that. They did upgrade the edges of the roster by swapping out Culver, Hernandez Gomez, and Rubio for Beverly and Prince, but um, at any rate. Now, who did they grade ahead of? Well, quite a few teams in the West. Remember, this is a C plus. He's got the Dallas Mavs at a C. He has the Los Angeles Lakers at a C. Uh, the Grizzlies also are a C plus, along with the Timberwolves. New Orleans Pelicans are a D. I want to talk about them in a second. And then the Kings have a C. The Spurs are also a C plus. So four teams beneath the Wolves, two teams tied with the Wolves. Uh, the Pelicans had probably the biggest, the most head-scratching offseason of anybody. They swapped out Lonzo Ball with Devontae Graham and had to pony up a first-rounder in order to get him. They had a Tomas Sadoransky, who's 29. I mean, they're not adding guys who fit the window or the timeline, I should say, of Zion Williamson. And they did add Jonas Valanciunas, which is great, and, and moved off of Steven Adams. But uh, why are they giving up picks to to make the roster older and arguably not? even better um I, I i don't know i think the wolves finished ahead of the pelicans this year obviously zion it, it all comes down really to zion and carl anthony towns who's going to have a better season um i would argue that the supporting cast for towns is actually better than what the pelicans have around zion williamson at this point so anyway check out kevin pelton's grades i think the c plus is fair if you include the context again uh consider the fact he's got them tied or better than five other teams in the western conference so That seems about right, you know, but I certainly wouldn't rank them last like David Aldridge did. Um, Also, Zach Harper, and I'm not going to talk a lot about this piece, but over at The Athletic, of course, subscription required for that. Zach Harper is doing an article for each team across the NBA. He posted his Timberwolves one on Monday of this week, and he basically says they didn't get better. He gives them a D plus uh, and lists their status as a team as tired of rebuilding franchise. Well, that's obvious. The D plus, again, harsh. Um, he argues that Ricky Rubio is, uh, well, I'll just read his exact quote. He says, Beverly, isn't the level of player Rubio is at this point. I, I don't I don't agree with that. Um, and I'm on record as saying this in a vacuum, you could argue that they're equal players, right? You could argue that the, the Phoenix suns version of Ricky Rubio or good Utah jazz version of Ricky Rubio is just as good as Patrick Beverly. I don't know that I would argue that, but you could, and it wouldn't be crazy. I would argue that Patrick Beverly is a much better fit for the Timberwolves, even if in a vacuum, they're similar players. Beverly's a better defender. He's a better uh, outside shooter. He's a guard who doesn't, a lead guard who doesn't need the ball in his hands and doesn't need to be leading because he's such a good spot up shooter. I don't understand why this isn't more obvious. Uh, You know, and Zach does a good job. I like Zach Harper, but, Patrick Beverly is very clearly a better fit. Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell are going to be the two lead guards in terms of initiating the offense. The offense is going to flow through Carl Anthony Towns. They're going to run up a ton of horn sets with Towns, Jane McDaniels at the elbows um, and basically dumping the ball to one of those guys. And then, you know, cutting and and running pick and rolls off of that uh, back screens to get, uh, you know, to get D'Lo open in the corner for threes, stuff like that they don't need Patrick Beverly to control the offense. And that's why Ricky Rubio was a little bit of an awkward offensive fit at times. Uh, Beverly doesn't need to run pick and roll every time down the court. And he actually was a much better pick and roll player than Rubio last year. Um, and last year there's some noise involved, right? I mean, that wasn't, there were a lot of factors playing into that, but generally Beverly has been a better pick and roll player the last couple of years than Ricky Rubio. Look at the points per possession. I, I talked about that on a, on a past podcast. So, uh, Beverly just a better fit for the roster. So I, I would, I would argue at that point, and And that alone, I think would bump the wolves up from a D plus as he gives them. I don't necessarily disagree with anything else. He says, he argues that uh, they maybe slightly upgraded their wings by bringing in Prince, getting rid of Culver, potentially bringing in Leandro Balmaro or which we expect to happen. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree with the rest of this. He does say he's got a little bit of an interview with John Krasinski, of course, also the Athletic, and then he says their status uh, at the, the goal by the end of the year is to make the play-in tournament. I agree with that. I think this is a play-in tournament team with the upside of honestly a six seed in the Western Conference. I truly believe that. Carlton Anthony Towns plays like he did at the start of you know the nineteen twenty season, um, or uh, you know even stretches before that, and that the roster around him is that much is so much better than it was at that point. They just need both things at once, right? They need the health of the rest of the roster and they need towns to be on the court. And this is going to be a better team than what people realize. Um, And in that I'm going to keep saying that again, no official predictions yet, but I do think this is a play in, certainly a play in caliber team with the ceiling of like a six seed, something like that, uh, 500 or better. And and definitely a very difficult, the the more difficult of course, of the two conferences in the West. Um, So that's, that's my thoughts on that. Go check out all these offseason grades and rankings. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm being as pragmatic as possible with this. I, I just, I, I just think these rankings are a little bit out of whack. Um, I think it's too, uh, it's too easy to point at a team that didn't do much and it was a bad team last year and ignore the rest of the context, which is injuries, health, um, suspensions, et cetera, coaching change midseason, season and kind of miss the, the big picture here. Um, and so I think we're going to be spending the next few weeks, continue to fight against that, uh, the assertion that the Timberwolves are a bad team again, uh, because that's, I just don't, I just don't agree. Um, okay. That's all we have today on the show. Uh, who knows? I'm sure more stuff's going to come up before Friday. So we'll cover whatever comes up in the next couple of days uh, for the Friday show. Again, a reminder, if you're not already following or subscribed to this podcast, you can do so anywhere you listen to podcasts. Of course, that includes Apple, Spotify, Google, the all new Odyssey app. And now YouTube. Um, if you are l- watching on YouTube, listening on YouTube, thank you. Please hit the subscribe button. Please like the video. That definitely helps. Just getting the YouTube channel off the ground. So, um, you know, I, you know, please help us help us spread the word about that. Um, you can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnT wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. As you can see at the bottom of your screen there on YouTube. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at that handle um of course we'll be back on friday reminder that today's show is uh brought to us by locked on nba on wednesdays which is today um wednesdays on locked on nba small market meets big market jake madison of the locked on pelicans podcast and john corrales of locked on celtics take a look at the nba week from all angles you can follow the locked on nba podcast today on youtube or wherever you listen to podcasts reminder that locked on wolves is of course part of that same locked on Network Lockdown NBA Network. Um, the Lockdown Network is all your local experts on all the biggest stories, no matter what sport. Uh, if you have, if you're a fan of the, you know, the Twins, the Wild, um, you know, any other or any other team that's not in Minnesota, there's a fantastic host uh, waiting for you to subscribe to their podcast and listen. Um, as the whole Lockdown Network does a fantastic job, so be sure you're subscribing to your favorite teams' shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, we'll be back Friday. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves Podcast.